A diamond has long been a symbol of commitment, love, and trust. Isn't it time the diamond industry showed us the same values behind the scenes? Clean Origin is leading the engagement ring industry toward a brighter future, designing elegant lab-grown diamond fine jewelry that never compromises our values. A brand that doesn't just talk the talk, but one that was founded to make a difference, to offer a more environmentally friendly, conflict-free, and price-accessible choice without any compromises on quality. Lab diamonds are grown in a lab using cutting-edge technology that replicates the process of natural diamonds. A lab-grown diamond is chemically, physically, and visually identical to a mined diamond without the adverse effects of traditional diamond mining. And for a price of up to 10 times less, we don't know why you'd choose anything else. You know, I'm a Sag. I'm always going to say bigger is better. And with these prices, three carats is the new one carat, baby. Go big. Honestly, five carats is the new three carats if you really want to go there. You all know that we know a thing or two about engagement rings. And these clean origin rings are simply stunning, classic designs, and for a fraction of the price. From the color of your metal to the center stone and setting, you'll be able to customize every aspect of this very important lifetime piece of jewelry. Whether you're looking for an engagement ring or tennis bracelet or diamond stud earrings, Clean Origin has beautiful diamond jewelry that you'll be wearing forever. You can use code What's Your Sign for $100 off all orders over $1,000. That's $100 off all orders over $1,000. Go to cleanorigin.com and use our code What's Your Sign at checkout for $100 off of your order of $1,000 or more. Use our promo code What's Your Sign, all spelled out. Check out Clean Origin today. Welcome to What's Your Sign. I'm Julia Loken. I'm Stevie Anderson. And I'm the stand-up comedy is back baby of this podcast. Yeah. Oh, it's back. All right. It's back. It's back. I did five sets this week. Oh, my which God. Is more than I used to do before. So yeah. that's pretty crazy. It How's it feeling? Wild. I am in a good groove. I had... I have like an open mic set that I'm working on and a thing that I'm comfortable with performing at shows. So I've been, I feel good about that. Um, Last night I had two shows and it was definitely the, I don't know how I want to say this. The first state, there were people talking. So um, we had to like, okay. Rule number one, everyone listening. Yeah, don't talk during stand-up. Yeah, I mean, it happens. And there were technical issues where there were kind of pockets of the room that couldn't hear what was happening on stage. So, of course, they're talking. So it wasn't really, like, the producer's fault or the comedian's. And then there was, like, a big group in the middle that really was paying attention. So it was, like, when you're standing in the back waiting to go up, you're, like, this is going to be a nightmare. And then you get up there and you're, like, oh, no, there are actually people listening Um, but it was just for the second show, we had to like rearrange things and, and the second show was much smoother. Um, but I just, I haven't had one of those yet since coming back where I'm like, oh, there's like, we're, we're having to like reorganize stuff or weird or, you know, fighting against or like an uphill battle. And it's like, it's also not the audience members fault. Like if they can't hear, they paid to see the show. If they can't Mm -hmm. hear, like, I totally understand not wanting to sit in silence for no reason. So it was just kind of like a thing of where it was no one's fault, but we ended up making a few small adjustments and it worked better for the second show. So that was really nice. Um, It was just a fun show. And then 
Julie and I had a show this week and that was really fun. Yeah. Just out there. Yeah, I love that. I, you know what? Okay. Maybe I'll set this intention. I need to become like a host. I want to like introduce you guys, but not perform. Is that le- street legal? Yeah. There are people right. who do that. Um, I feel like I'd be a great MC. Like I, w- I think I'd have like the energy to like banter in between, but like not commit to <laughs> like actually doing comedy because you guys are very brave and like, it's so funny how I like love repeating myself, but I refuse to repeat and practice doing jokes. Like, I don't know what, why, why God, why, but I'm just putting that pitch out there for future energy. I think I'd be a great MC. Well, you, you are an amazing person. host here <laughs> on this podcast and elsewhere. I also want to let you know that the caveat being that in standup, that is the hardest thing to do. And you get yes. the least amount of like, you know, you get nothing from the audience. You, you pull it out of them so true true I, I yeah think, i don't i don't mean to dismiss it as a easy as an easy no. feat or easy job no okay. i didn't think you were i just don't yeah. want you to get up there and be like <laughs> you know expecting people to just get right on board and stuff it is a bit more of a but mc is different too and i think there is something to be said for like stand-up comedy djs that like have a microphone and things like that mm. as well where they're kind of contributing vibe and like hosting a little bit and you know what I mean contributing vibe that's that those are the like even like when strippers come up to the stage like I'd love to be the person that like introduces the stripper their name and all of that (laughs) see that I like that I think that I like that like DJ MC kind of yes the hosts they're like mean to you I mean the host like Last night, like they, they don't get to have any fun. So I don't want to encourage you to be like, yeah, you should just host. Like, <laughs> yeah, hosting yeah. is also the worst. I mean, it's fun. It's the best, but it's also, yeah, the worst. How has it been for you, Jill? How's have you been hitting it hard? I feel like, yeah, I see I see y'all's flyers. I've tried I try to if y'all see if anyone sees shows in your area, go see Julian Lisa do stand up. Yeah, fucking I, Gabagools. <laughs> I feel I feel pretty good. I really to be totally honest, I really fucking hated stand up at the like at the beginning of the pandemic. It was really it was really like not a place that was making me feel good. And I think it's just because I was tired and um busy and and I'm really grateful for like the space and life reorganization because I am like, oh, I actually in doing the few shows I have not been hitting it as hard as Lisa, but I also have had all of the things that I've done. I've been like, Oh yeah, I do like this. I forgot that I actually like this and this is fun and I'm good at it. And I have ideas again and that kind of thing. So it's like, it has definitely felt like a, a re emerging. I did a show at a back at someone's house, a private party. And it was like, uh intimate show and the hosts were very generous and they were like they brought out their nicest like liquor and they were like here take these shots of this thing and you like didn't want to I didn't want to decline because one I was the only one of the only ones who was able to drink comedians and also just like you know you're like right there so this set was like the sloppiest set I've had also, it was like the first real set that wasn't hosting the open mic. So I was like doing old jokes, but jokes that I haven't done in. I did these jokes because I was like, oh, this is the stuff that I for sure have not forgotten. And I just like truly forgot everything. But it also was kind of, I think, an experience that I needed to have because I just like did the the punchlines of like it was out of order and it still worked somehow. And I like had to be in a different uh, headspace. So then when I did the show with Lisa, I was like, Oh, I'm like a sharp shooter now because I remembered everything I forgot. And I came in and I was like, Oh, this time I'm like doing my set. And that now I feel kind of like, okay, now I'm ready to like have a new set. (laughs) Like too. I think everybody is having that. I definitely hated stand up for a while too. And then, I'm honestly, I've started booking more stuff that pays. So it's like now I feel like Ooh. I can't uh, people. I, I think people are like doing more stuff that pays like charging yeah. tickets and stuff. So I now I feel like, well, if they want me to come and, you know, they're going to pay me. I was kind of like can't say no. And now I feel like I'm getting in a groove with it. 
But I definitely at the beginning was like, this is stupid. This is like an ego thing. And um, there's also a lot of everyone's having that, like missing a joke that you've done a thousand times. I've watched people that I know their sets and I've been like wanting to yell out like it's this. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Where it's like, I know, I know what you're trying to say and I can tell that you've forgotten it, but I obviously I'm not going to heckle you. Yeah. So like I'm not going to like yell it out, but I've seen it happen to everyone. And so that's definitely a thing where I'm like, Oh yeah, I, I'm sure I know this joke from five years ago. Um, I mean, I was furiously listening to like old sets and trying to write down like as many keywords as possible on a piece of paper before I went up yesterday um, because he told me I was doing a longer set and I was like, oh, I haven't done that in a while. Um, and uh, yeah, I also think there's so many new people and um, they're not necessarily, um, I don't know if they know they're new, if that makes sense. There is this like, oh yeah, I did stand up through the Zoom pandemic thing and I'm like a comedian and I'm like, that's great. Um, we're producing live shows. So let's like, there are certain things that need to be taken care of. Like, you know, telling your guests that you're going to have a show and things like that actually, you know, that actually help. Um, so there's a bit of a learning curve happening there too. And also like, walking into an open mic and looking around and being like I don't know anyone here is is a interesting feeling a, t- a tide turning of uh it, the internet era of introing comedy or also like I know that this is a thing of like TikTok comedians or like oh, it, yeah. like strictly you know strictly front-facing camera people or whatever is very different than walking into a human space <laughs> that is not a well, phone it's a different thing. Steve and I were just talking about this the other night. I'm trying to be less of a hater. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but I think that it's interesting now doing comedy. Um, I mean, one app post like lockdown, but also um, the way I think that we're seeing this thing in stand up and, you know, forgive me for inside stand up kind of talk, but like, I think when we started and when not pre-internet because we're not that old but there is this thing of like stand-up is really this kind of wild thing where you go and you get a bunch of people who don't know who you are and you're trying to get them to like you and so it is this like really weird impulse and weird skill and I think that a lot of the internet because people choose to follow you you are also used to performing for people, whether it be front facing or whether it be the tweets that you put out, whether it be the Instagram posts that you do, you are posting for people that know you, that want to see you and that uh, are familiar with the context of your life. And so it is more, I think like, I think it breeds a different kind of comedy, which isn't necessarily bad, but I think that we are seeing this kind of thing of like, oh, um, like, it's, it is kind of wild to be like, I'm just going to convince this room of strangers to be on board with me. And is that necessarily the kind of stuff that I want to do as opposed to finding the people that, um, like me? I don't know. Does that make sense at all? Like that, like, oh, I guess I, that's something that I'm, I feel comfortable doing and I know that I can do, but I also don't feel as called. Um, I think stand up the stakes for me have changed a little bit because I'm like, well, I also know that I have like a bunch of people that like me. And so if this room doesn't like me, you guys don't know, you don't fucking know me. So I don't, I don't care. And I don't feel like I need to convince people the same way as I did maybe in the past. And so it doesn't feel as much as a, um, uh what's the word that I'm looking for like a an assessment of my value or character Mm -hmm. and I like I like that the younger generation kind of has um inspired that or like has facilitated that in a lot of ways where it is like well these people are also selling out shows and doing things as much as I as much as I'm like well I don't know if they have the jokes or whatever. Like my, I definitely have that impulse to do that. It's also like, well, if a room full of people paid to see this thing and this is what they wanted to see, like good for them. Yeah. I, I relate right. to that very hard. I feel like it's like, I don't really care if you got here cause you have Twitter follow. Like, I don't, you know, 
whatever you want to do. I also like, I, I do think with, with the people that are the more internet and TikToky people, like last night, the shows that I was on was all like old comic, not like old people, but they're like, have been doing stand up longer than me. Like old I was, school. I was probably the greenest one there. Um, mostly men. And so like, I was like furiously scribbling on the bar and this guy came up to me and I kind of, I was like, Oh, you have like a Creek in the cave notebook. Are you from New York? We started talking and like, we all were very like, and I think this is definitely an old comedy thing. And maybe some of these internet and front facing camera people don't feel like a part of the group because mm-hmm. we were all like, f- we fell into stand-up comedy green room shit, like real quick, where it was just like, yeah. oh, this person, whatever that, and like kind of ripping on stuff and teasing and whatever. And like, while one of them went on stage, who I don't really know very well, but he's friends with Brendan, obviously the king of the open mics and my only male friend. And um, I, so I texted Brendan, I was like, your boy's on stage at the show. And I was kind of like telling him some details about the show. And Brendan just started forwarding all my text to him which is so funny to do while someone's on stage to be like I'm like basically heckling you through I don't have your phone number but someone else does and so I don't know and then he got off stage and we were laughing it's just like you just fall into those old patterns of like and I think some of these like newer or even just young comics that aren't necessarily like TikTok people or whatever they don't have like someone's number or they're not you know they're not like Mm -hmm. comfortable enough to be like hey I see your notebook are you from New York or I know I know you from somewhere haven't we done a show before like I just feel like I'm so much more confident in it now after taking a year off that I'm like yeah I walk in people still laugh I still know people and like I know how to talk to people so I do think there needs to be a kinder edge that's given to those comedians that maybe are like just Twitter famous and like, yeah, maybe they don't have like a hundred jokes yet, but no one's really given them a shot or like hung out with them to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I was also thinking about what a wild experience it must be to like, (laughs) to have those things not translate too. And I know how frustrating it is to be like, well, I'm a person that's funny in real life. So also when jokes don't work, I am equally frustrated because I'm like, I know I'm funny. There's no doubt in my mind that this is a thing. So if you don't believe me right now, uh, like that's frustrating. And I can't imagine what it's like to go post something and have thousands, hundreds of thousands of people like that, and then go into a room full of fucking nobodies, especially if you are someone who, you know, the internet is so wild like that, where it's like, you could have a famous person, whether they're a comedian or not, be like, oh my God, this is so great. And to have that and then go into a room full of fucking nobodies. Again, I'm saying this in an exaggerated way. I don't really mean that you comedy audiences <laughs> There's are no nobody. one in this town. <laughs> but but what a mind fuck that must be on their end to go like, wait, why isn't this working? This thing that works all of the time that has worked at these levels. And then to have a room full of people go like, nah like well that's how I feel about my Twitter or like my you know what I mean where I'm like I think this is funny and I've said it on stage and it got more than four laps or whatever so like this is like annoying but it's also just like your reach and all that kind of stuff is different depending on your medium and where you are and like yeah maybe my jokes are funnier if I put an inflection on a word or so figuring out how to write that way and like you know give it uh, all caps or give you know what I mean mm-hmm. when we've just been training ourselves to do different things essentially that's why I'm like it's a thing I think that it's just seeing where it's not so much personal and it's this isn't uh you know young people attacking your your thing as opposed to like oh it's interesting now we're coming into a shared space and we've kind of been we've been let's see how these things translate and it's really just a translation thing and how can we support each other and be uh caring and tender towards everybody that's also trying to do kind of the same thing too at the same time where it's like yeah we all are trying to I don't know make people laugh make people feel less alone make people feel um seen and and heard and supported and uh at least that's how that's what I think comedy is best at is making people feel like their experience is shared well that's exactly why I brought it up because I think of it as a shared resource yeah so that's why yeah well it sounds like i don't know from what i hear 
it's it sounds like I think the whole idea before was like, well, you need to be funny enough to go sell out a show full of 40 year old whoever's in Kansas City. And now it's like, well, do we care about that? <laughs> like yeah. anymore? Or yeah. maybe I actually want to cultivate a community of people that I like and are interested. I mean, same with astrology. It's like I don't I doubt a room full of random ass 40 year olds in Kansas City will probably come to a, a what's your sign. Yeah. thing if they're not into astrology and maybe like three of them would <laughs> maybe three and, yeah. and they're welcome come through but i think bef- i think there used to be this very idea of like that mainstream you got to hit everywhere or something and now it's like but what if you really click with a group of of people whatever that demographic is and it's fun and it's it's it feels good and like and who, you like make, and people? who's making up these rules also yeah. like what it and also, I must say on Twitter specifically, there are like there are threads of people like, you know how someone will tweet like going to cry into my oatmeal and it gets like 200,000 yeah. likes and then they start selling like the room lights and, you know, the shit below it. There are pods of people that help each other go viral. Oh, yeah, of course. What, so Brendan, it is like what, also like not real what, <laughs> like, Bre- in many ways. Yeah. Brendan calls it the Twitter industrial complex and it's it is mm-hmm. real. It is the groups of so people that real. boost each other. And and we should all be doing that in uh, in real aspects of life instead of on Twitter, getting each other paid more money and doing yes. shit like that and l- a rising tide and all that shit. And it's like it is like I mean, I apply all this stuff, obviously. Everything I've learned in stand-up is from being in the service industry for the most part, knowing how, like what people want and how they want to be talked to is like a lifelong lesson. It's not something you learn overnight. And I certainly haven't mastered it by any means. Um, But it is like, now that my boyfriend is my manager at work, I, I tell him like, Hey, like this is a way to, to help everyone or like can we do this for everyone and make it for everyone and not just like you know oh this person's like a cocktail person like let them do pitch cocktails or let them do this it's like no have them teach a class have them you know what I mean like have them lead a meeting or do something else where it's like we're we should all be moving up we should all be together and like rising and it's obviously he's like shut up you're annoying and like stop bringing me more work but um (laughs) it's all good uh some of those ideas get heard and that's fun well it's true and that I Mm -hmm. think that is very you know we're talking about Scorpio energy today and um I yesterday was at a birthday celebration there were two Scorpios there and they did the thing where it was like who has an October birthday uh like because it was like someone else's birthday but then they also like threw through these Scorpios in there too, which I felt was also a very like Libra Scorpio uh, thinking of that axis, like thinking, not axis, but thinking of those two next to each other and Libra being like, yeah, it's fine. We can put them in our birthday thing too. And Scorpios <laughs> being like, of course I have to fucking share my birthday celebration with this, with this Libra ass energy <laughs> of those like two kind of such different, but also about sharing and about uh, like, mm-hmm you know, other people, but just in such different ways. And, um, but, but someone asked me, they were like, what is, uh, why are so, why is everybody so like freaked out about Scorpio? And I think it is (laughs) thinking about this thing of like, not, not too much, but it is like, oh yeah, that's all it's because it's all what's under the surface. And so that's like the scariest thing because of, uh, you know, a lake is terrifying on its own because it's like, what's going on under there? We can't see, but it is also this like, oh yeah, if this is good for one person, it's probably good for everybody. And so this is bigger than that. It's not just a, a thing, like you can just do a thing that's for you, but also why not do it for humanity? Why not do it for everybody? Why not fix an actual problem and solve, bring a truth to light, uh, bring something out of the muck. And I think that that's really, um, overwhelming for people or kind of intimidating. And that I think is like maybe a better Scorpio word than anything is intimidating because it is like pretty expansive, pretty vast, pretty intense. I, I, um, have come to love so many Scorpios, as you'll know, in the beginning of this podcast was not the case. Um, but I, I do think they really are helpers. They're people who definitely give you stuff 
And I don't mean like physical shit that they don't want or whatever. Like they'll help you give you jobs and do stuff for you. And like, they really are people, people in a lot of ways. Um, I do think there is a light and dark Scorpio. And I mean, I don't mean like a good and bad. I think there are certain types of Scorpio and maybe it has something to do with the moon or another placement in their charts but like there are certain ones that are definitely making light of like what's what's underneath Mm -hmm. and then there Mm -hmm. are definitely ones who are like let's dig into what's underneath um equally great you know both of them have their obviously their uh charms in there and and a way of doing it that makes you feel safe i think that's the scorpio it's yeah haunted house energy but it's not a haunted house it's not a jump scare it's not they're they're there to make you feel like comfortable talking about death or comfortable to be safe, to be able to do these things. And I really think that's valuable. I also think that, I mean, I know this from open water swimming and I think I've said it before on the podcast, but um, there's like a saying, especially in the Pacific ocean that like you either want the water, you, d- you either want the water to be super clear or like completely no visibility because if you're in the middle, you're going to see shapes and you're not going to know what they are. And that is like the worst because you're going to be like, that's a shark and it's a leaf or like a seaweed, you know, and you're going to yes. just be panicking the whole time about a Garibaldi when it's like, man, there aren't even barracudas. There are no piranhas here. Like you're freaking out that that, you know what I mean? That there's an eel underneath you. So I think that um, definitely that bringing stuff or like that, um, the what's underneath kind of analogy for sure what came up for me just now is that like it's ruled by the genitals right so I think it's so interesting that that's the thing that we really like as society demand you cover up in public Mm -hmm. where it's like um yeah I don't know I just that just kind of came up to me where I'm like oh yeah that is the part that we all cover like it's wherever we go I mean not everywhere there are nude beaches and places and stuff for everyone but I don't know that just kind of like popped up well and it Mm -hmm. is that thing that's like we cover it up as if I know as if it is yeah if we don't know what it is like yeah yeah. but it's that where it's like but we all have that it is a very Scorpio thing in and of itself where it's like we all have them we are all also kind of um motivated by sex in whatever way not 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 solely or all of that but it's like to act as if any of us don't um we are we are all pretending kind of that we're not just like walking around (laughs) genital you know yeah we're we pretend that we're all barbies until we're in an intimate relationship yes exactly and i think that there is this kind of i think that there's a scorpio um the thing the thing that i find about scorpio energy is this idea of i was just thinking of you guys don't watch any of the bachelor stuff right i've I've seen a little bit of this recent bachelor in paradise just okay are you familiar with demi no. <laughs> okay. Demi is like, she's a Scorpio rising. I just pulled up the chart. Pisces, very, very watery. Um, but I, that's when you were saying like light and dark Scorpio, I think there is this Scorpio energy and this might be a rising one. That's either like very bright and like wide eyed. And I'm thinking like, uh, ah, like Scorpio rising, or it's like, everybody always wants it to be like gothy, but it's not. Um, I think there is a very like bright wide uh thing but I think there is this thing of like yeah we're all playing we're all playing a game hiding our genitals so let's play this game and it's when people act like that's not what they're doing is when the Scorpio stinger comes out or when someone punishes you for playing the putting on the performance the best or whatever where it's like uh, I think that's where these like betrayal kinds of things come in where it's like, yeah, we're all, we all know that this is the thing. And if you don't know that what we're doing is like pretending, then that's not my fault. You're like, you don't know what game we're actually playing. And there's that like Scorpio, a few steps ahead manipulation, all of these kinds of things that I don't think are, that I think get a really misunderstood bad rap that I think are more about like, I don't want to say maintaining illusion, but it's more of that, like, 
yeah, we can't, we're not, if we're not all walking around naked, then we are all, then we are all uh, conceding that we are walking around clothed and putting on a performance. So let's put on a performance and agree that that's what's happening, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's Kelly Osborne versus Katy Perry. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's mm-hmm. like, they're both Scorpios. And I mean, I don't know. Drake's a Scorpio there. Yeah. I mean, he's like, I, I'm like shocked that he's not a cancer, but like, whatever, he's a Scorpio. He's very, in his feelings. such a, such a Scorp. What's his? I mean, it's all such, I mean, he's, he's like very leaned into Scorpio just for all of his yeah, music yeah. too. But I, I think, I think we talked about this pretty well, actually on our first episode of in the stars on prime video for the wild because we talk about the character fatten and her scorpioness and i do think he's so sorry scorpio just quickly it. drake's got a cancer moon i knew it oh well there you i go. knew it i knew water it. water just, all I around saw it with my own cancer moon i felt yeah it. you knew <laughs> it you were right Consider scorpio sun cancer clocked. moon and uh 29 degree 50 minute leo rising almost virgo uh, the pain the fixed pain mm-hmm. but okay, i think sorry. scorpios do moonlight is basic a lot of the time <laughs> like we've talked about it before i have so many scorpio friends none of them are gothy brooding but they're twisted they're like they have this almost like i am so together and then you like pull them aside and talk for more than five seconds and they like get into the nastiest shit you've ever heard. And it's, it's that surprise. Like you think I'm just this and that's what I want you to think. And then I'm going to hit you with a, this. And it's, it's just a stop. Like I have just some friends who's like, we don't look like we match on paper at all, but we match because I mean, I'm a Taurus. It's my polarity. I love Scorpios and they just, they get into it and they know if they have a quick assessment, if you're going to do that with them or not, they know you're, Purpose it's hi- for hiding your hiding your ass literally all of those things mm-hmm. where it's like why would you again this kind of just con- concession that there is performance happening where it's like of course you don't tell all of your intimate freaky deaky things to just everybody you keep these things to the people that you aren't willing to like only the people that you're willing to fuck essentially i know that's like crude but it's like if you aren't willing to merge with someone or show them show them your most intimate parts then why wouldn't you just put on this normal show where you just get treated like everybody else whatever it is like where it's like yeah because this is how not society functions i feel like i'm saying <laughs> controversial i'm it's coming out more controversial than i mean it to be scorpio mercury hello um but that <laughs> well like, you're like infiltrating how yeah. else will you get the information yes if, if you come out hot looking like a freaky weirdo who's going to spill everyone's tea you're not going to get much tea so you need yes. to come in like the sleeper like hmm, trust me like it's i think that's where we get the manipulation word for Scorpio. And I don't think they're always manipulative consciously, but I do think they know how to get what they want really creatively. All water signs do. I think all water signs know how to move side to side when a lot of other signs move forward and backwards. And they're, they're very, how can I get someone to trust me to reveal this info? And I don't think it's always as strategic and critical as that, but they're good at it. And that's what I love about them. And I think- Manipulation is one of those words where we don't have the the positive of it or like I don't in my brain have it where it's like manipulation isn't always negative. If you manipulate the system to work better for the people, that is a net positive, I would say, or I think most of the people that listen to this podcast would agree. Um, If you're manipulating someone in order to like control them or abuse them or if you're in a manipulative relationship that is a different thing that I think that falls in like the abuse category Mm. I think it's one of those like stubborn we get with Taurus that we've talked about where it's like well there is kind of the flip side of loyal or like valued or whatever and I think manipulation is just one of those words where we don't technically it doesn't mean it technically just means you change the situation it doesn't mean good or bad so like I don't know I I think that maybe they do manipulate stuff and it's not always like oh you're like a manipulative uh gaslighting you know what I mean it's not always yeah right well I think it's that you know it's fixed water and when you were saying that's tv about all water signs I was just thinking of like well it's also just like 
I don't know, soaking and also thinking of a lake again as like fixed water. Um, you're moving whether you think you are or not. You you put your raft in in the lake and there's not like waves or a tide the way that, uh, you know, the ocean or a river is moving, but it still isn't still. And you're going to float across, you're going to find yourself on the other side of the lake, whether you paddled or you're just laying there. And I think that there is something about Scorpio energy that feels like it's happening without your knowledge necessarily sometimes. And some people, for some people, that makes them feel really, um, seen and understood and, oh my God, you got there without me even having to say it. How did you know there is that feeling with Scorpio? And then there's also like, get the fuck out of my head. Why are you like, t- just ask me or just tell me there is this behind the scenesness of it that can be, that can leave people feeling, um, but I think again, it's this thing, kind of what we talked about with rising signs or this, where it's like, uh, I feel like Scorpio energy is confronting to people who don't realize that there are things happening behind the scenes, but everybody has things happening behind the scenes. And it's, again, it's like, it's not always comfortable and we don't always like that sort of thing, but it's not untrue. And, and again, not to give Scorpios a pass to be sneaky or secretive or whatever, because I think that there is, um, I think sometimes Scorpio also likes to it's like spider web energy where it's like, there's that pull and it's coming to me. And I, I move you across the lake and we don't have to have a big, we don't put on a big production of crashing waves. And I don't let you know the work that I'm doing, which is a little bit self-protective sometimes. And I think that Scorpio has all the permission to, to speak up and to say the things, uh, you know, that they notice and see, I think we just have, it's hard socially because it is that like water thing again, where we don't take instincts particularly seriously, or like, this is a permanent, this is an intuition thing. This is a, I just have a feeling, I have a thing. We don't have a lot of language to talk, to take that stuff seriously. And so I think sometimes Scorpio energy feels like it has to move in the shadows as opposed to being really strong and saying like, hey, this feels weird. Or, hey, I noticed that you're doing this. Is that true? Is that to, there can be some more bringing it to the light. I think that's the the positive manipulation that happens when we use what we're finding in the shadows and bringing it out into the open and not being like feeling like we have to keep it there hidden. Yeah, I saw on Wikipedia, uh, a trusted news resource that Scorpios associated with three animals and um mm-hmm. I, I obviously the scorpion, but I like the basic symbology of the it was a scorpion an eagle and uh, and a snake and, oh the snake like, the yeah. snake the sh- well, yeah the snake is the shedding the transformation you know drink scorpio keyword um the eagles they were talking about like can fly higher than most birds there's that psychic wisdom that you're sort of ta- like just like i i i wish i couldn't see all this shit but i actually am the person that happens to see everything so fuck what do you do when you have all this insight and information also that was interesting because Eagles are also monogamous. So it's also that Scorpio definitely gets that once they sink their teeth into you, they have a hard time letting go. So really wanting to know that you're, that we're in this together, like in that building from Libra partnership sort of energy of like, Hey, we picked each other. Okay. Now we really fucking picked each other for my good, for my bad, for my worst. So like, let's, I think Scorpio has like a lot of ride or die energy, you know, like I'll show you, show me yours. I'll show you mine. That's Mm -hmm. the, like, we've signed up for this. So like, let's go, let's go hard. And then for the scorpion too, um, I was reading about how the Egyptians used the scorpion spirit as the like soul guardian, like the mover of spirits from the one world to the next, which I think also goes with all these Scorpio things. So no, I don't think if you're Scorpio, you have to be goth or into like death or into that weird, like whatever, but you're, you're probably into something that's different. Where's something different. What's like that interest that maybe is it like as like widely accepted or isn't the thing that everyone's into? I don't know. It makes me think of like pimple popping videos or like, I don't know, just things that are maybe not for everyone. And we're all going to have that to some degrees, but I like this sort of like uh, new me, but like, but ride or die. And also I see all this bullshit. Well, it's very like all of it. And I think that's a Scorpio thing of like liking something and liking all the parts of it. And I think that's like a, 
um, again, that like genitals thing, I know that that's like a loaded, <laughs> not to keep harping on that, but it is like, I don't know, the all, all even the stuff that's hidden, you like that and you're drawn to that and you want to share that with someone and, and thinking of like, just the ways that we look into history and legacy and more other Scorpio kinds of eighth house topics of being like, this is all of the all of the historical parts of this thing, digging into unknown, unknown things, which usually means if something isn't uh, public knowledge, there is something kind of salacious or secret or naughty or whatever, you know, sorry to use naughty, but like that, like something that people don't want you to know. And so there is something kind of um, exciting and, and um, like, it's fun to be the one that goes like, oh, did you know that this is why they came up with this thing or whatever, to be the one that like found that uh, information is is cool. And to be telling people about it and letting other people know, but also then you're the one that's kind of uh, potentially bursting a bubble or like that in, in sharing that information that was kept hitting, you're also revealing something that someone else didn't necessarily see or didn't go looking for or didn't, um, that is at odds with their fantasy about uh, something. But I like that like protective, especially thinking of like the scorpion protecting the soul of it also being like, yeah, we're protecting all of these tender things too. And you don't do that by ignoring the things in the shadows. You do it by addressing the things. So you know what the threats are to, to what we are meant to keep tender and sacred and safe. I think too, like, even if you are one of these Scorpios, that's real bright eye, bushy tail. Like you're not like a, I, we keep using the word goth as if what we all know what that means, but like, you're, you're not like a dig into the darkness, like, uh, morbidly curious. Yeah. You still might be someone that people feel comfortable to come to in those times. So like, just so you know, you will still have to deal with those things. Like, because I have three planets in the eighth house and I'm definitely, and three in the 12th. And I'm definitely someone that people come to a lot, not a lot, but like in, in times of struggle and when parents have died and stuff like that, I lost my father really young. So I'm a lot of people's only reference for that. Like my younger cousins and stuff like that. So I understand that yeah, today I might not want to think about death, but someone else might be dealing with that and they might come to you. And I think that Scorpios are those like nurturing people that feel safe and feel comfortable to come to in those things. Um, the Complete Idiot's Guide to Astrology has a sort of a, a street joke written in this, uh, this section, which I think is appropriate for our discussion about stand-up earlier. Um, I'd love to share it with you guys. I think you're going to love it. Yes. Hell yeah. This is the only sign that has a street joke written for it. So you're welcome. Uh, it's how many Scorpios does it take to screw in a light bulb? All none, of them. None. They like it in the dark. Oh, whoa. I was going to say, all, whoever does it, I was like, I was going to say, they love to screw. <laughs> all of them no one can turn down a good screw <laughs> but that is I think that's like uh, yeah I'm just thinking of like the tenderness that we um I think this is something we're kind of like addressing in society and it's something that uh I think has like come up for me a lot around vaccine stuff and all of that too of this thing of like uh, a lot of people who can handle those sorts of things are people who have see, who see things, who have experienced things, who have all of that. And, and just because people have knowledge about a thing doesn't mean that it's always like an easy, fun thing. So let's also not relegate kind of Scorpios to just the like worst part. I'm thinking of that. Uh, I, it's like a, a Bill Hicks and a Whitmer Thomas joke, but thinking about uh, all those pictures of Jesus nailed to the thing. And they're like, that's like the worst day of my life. Could we pick any other day to talk about <laughs> kind of, mm -hmm. that kind of thing of just like, I don't know, being like, just because someone can deal with all of those things doesn't mean that we should make them deal with all of those things all of the time. And if we do, let's remember that um, 
they do that because they are capable and not because it's fun and easy and it's not a big deal to them where it's like just remembering that you know sex death and taxes and uh transfer the shadow shadow work is is um heavy intense stuff and uh like we i think we can all kind of take a page from scorpio in in looking at that stuff a little bit so we don't have to just put all of that weight on the shadow workers of of our communities and things like that because just because they can do it doesn't mean it's it's not work and it isn't still a trek and and i think everybody can um do their best to do as much shadow exploration and things like that on our own. And obviously we, we not to say not reaching out for support and that sort of thing, but I think it is that like, oh, well, they're so good at it. They're so natural. They're so this. Mm -hmm. And, and it is that like, yeah, just because we can keep like dumping things in the lake because we can't see it at the bottom doesn't mean that we should just keep dumping stuff, you know? Yeah. I think too, I feel like getting back into the wateriness that cancers and Pisces tend to have like, a lot of empathic tendencies where I do think Scorpios have that good, sadly therapist of the group, just like Libra, like very kin to Libra, because I think they can sort of put it on like that fixed water of like putting them, putting a little barricade a lot of the times, not to say like, if you're a Scorpio, you're like, I'm an empath. It's like, like this is ge generally speaking, but it doesn't mean you don't have to cleanse yourself of other people's energy that that isn't taking a subconscious toll on you. So yeah, I think just, so many Scorpios in my life are like, I'm always like dealing with people's drama and, or people are coming to me or like death seems to follow me or this or that. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I don't want to say that the universe assigned you this job, but when we have Scorpio, a lot of present Scorpio energy in our chart, I don't want to, you might not be the most equipped to deal with it, but it might just keep coming. So what are the ways that you can now be equipped to deal with all of this sort of intensity that might seem to track track along to you even if you're like i did not ask for this and it will all have to do those things during mm -hmm. eighth house transits and 12th house transits and when something's transiting scorpio in your chart and and it's not you know i i say that because i know it as a pattern in my life but like it's not exclusive to you so remember mm -hmm. that when things come to you like that where it's like this feels hard or i can't do this or whatever i need help in these ways it's like yeah we we all we all experience those things too we all go the cycle the whole wheel well i was just thinking um scorpio is a great um editor uh because they can see the problems but it it's not an editor's job to rewrite the book afterwards it's an editor's job to say this is wrong this is wrong this is wrong this is wrong fix this maybe try this you know whatever and not to say that as a scorpio you are allowed to edit everybody or whatever, even though you might want to and feel like you would be good at it. But I think there is something in saying like, yeah, you notice those things. It's not, but it is not always your problem to, you don't have to solve it. You don't have to always be the support. You can say, Hey, I notice, I notice this is, uh, this seems like it's hard for you. You might want to, you know, I don't like, do you have someone you could talk to about this? Or I see this being a problem telling your manager. I think the same thing, Lisa, you saying like, this is something we could share with everyone of also saying like, oh, if this is a problem for me, it's probably a problem for everybody. And so I, it's not my job to solve everyone's problem, but it is if I notice it to say, who do I bring this to? Who do I who do I share this with? Or how do I, how do I share in a way that makes me feel? Cause I think there's so much of Scorpio too, that is like, feels like it's supposed to be unseen and feels like those are supposed to be supports that are again, like in the background and, and taking on everyone's energy instead of being the light themselves and being able to say like, this is a problem I see. I'm just tweeting that out and nothing. I'm not responsible for it. I just saw it. Like see something, say something. Uh, mm -hmm. it, does, it doesn't mean that you have to be like the police that also respond to the bomb threat, you know? Where's the Scorpio in y'all's chart? Do we relate to any of this energy? Do we see its presence? Does it make its presence known? Avi, uh, we're the score Pluto generation. We'll talk about it, but where, where it at? Mine is the, um, God, I, it's gotta be the seventh house, right? I, I, it's the descendant. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's the seventh house. I have Pluto there or no, I don't, I have Pluto in the sixth, just outside of the, just outside of where the, 
uh, cusp lands of that descendant. Um, I think if it, it's valid for me, I think, I mean, it's only, the thing is it's at 26 degrees. So it's really only four degrees of Scorpio, but it rules that house. Um, and then the rest is Sag. And I think I do, I definitely feel like I, I'm deep in relationships. I'm very like, I can, you know, tunnel vision on people and work and stuff too. Definitely. I feel anything, anything that's kind of those one-on-one -on -one relationships, I can sit and talk to you personally for all night. Um, and I, I will like, I, I talk to, there's like regulars at the bar that I will just talk to while I'm like serving other people. So it definitely can get in the way in some ways. I think that having part of Sag in the house too is like, there is like a lot of learning that I've done is through one-on-one -on -one relationships and a lot of, and that kind of ties in with the transformation stuff too. Definitely when I was younger, I was like, I grew up with like conservative parents and I like definitely did not have as much of an open mind. I definitely wrote, um, to my local newspaper that women didn't need their own restrooms and workplaces, like stuff that's like oh, wow. really <laughs> cringe to me now. Um, I, uh, but I also maybe, I don't know, now we have gender neutral bathrooms, which I think are better anyway. We're not, I don't, we don't need to get into that issue. <laughs> um, but yeah, for sure. Like I've through meeting people and like education and a lot of one-on-one -on -one relationships, I've definitely changed my views on a lot of things. And I, even growing up, I think I was maybe closer to like a libertarian, which may be worse, but um, <laughs> I, I, I still like cared about people and stuff. Um, but yeah, I just, I've like met people from different walks of life and I've changed a lot of who I am um, through those relationships. So I think that tracks for seventh house Scorpio stuff. Cool. Yeah, I feel it for sure. Um, I have Scorpio Mars in Placidus. It's Mars in the first zero degree Scorpio. So, I mean, I feel that very, very intensely. I also have uh, Mercury conjunct Pluto in Scorpio in my second house. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think it's just a thing of like, it's uh, something I've been noticing in I guess we were talking about this in our full moon not in this episode but talking about noticing noticing things I definitely will notice um I think it's what makes me like a good cleaner is that I notice when things are messy I notice those little like corners and cracks and things like that I see things that I wish I could just walk by I see oh this person might trip over a thing and I think it can definitely lead to some obsessive thinking and some uh, catastrophizing in that way and of needing to order things uh, in a pretty intense way. And I think it also lends to like, I don't know. I think it is this thing of like feeling like I need to get there before everyone else does because no one else is gonna get there or those things like thought-wise, mentally, emotionally supporting people, which I really enjoy doing. And I like being able to talk about those things with people, especially that like Mercury conjunct Pluto. Like I want to talk about, I, I will listen to anyone talk about anything. And I don't ever, I do my best to be like, nothing is pretty, I feel like I'm pretty um, unflappable in terms of someone saying something that I'm like, whoa, that's shocking. Or like, I can't deal with that. I don't think there's anything anyone could tell me truly like that. I would be like, I'm not, I'm not on board or willing to kind of be an accomplice in this in some way, not literally, but also I do think kind of literally, uh, and that's a bad thing, but, <laughs> or like a, a dangerous thing. Um, but I, I feel it for sure. And kind of this like willingness to, I don't know, destroy my, destroy myself, destroy my stuff, destroy my like securities and things like that. Also that like kind of sacrificial Scorpio, other people's stuff, like my stuff is everyone's too, that sort of thing. Mm. I was just about to ask everyone, what's, what's the meanest thing anyone's ever said to you? We don't have to, we, <laughs> we, <laughs> we don't have to go there. Uh, it's like, that just made me think of like, hmm, what would hurt my feelings or like, what would be, well, like, what is those, the mean? They don't hurt the my feelings. Thing? That's a right, different thing. Right. I always, I mean, the Scorpio energy is good at 
that it's like, well, it's Mars. It's traditionally Mars, which is like warrior face too, right? Like, don't let him yeah. see the sweat. If you have to cry, like very I, Kelly If you have to cry, go outside. You know, I don't. just mean I'm thinking of someone that I know where it's like every time you talk about something, like I remember being like, Oh, I have to pluck a chin hair. And this person was like, gross. And I'm like, Oh, what? come on. That's what mm-hmm. I'm like, what are you talking about? What I would never, I do my best to never say gross to anyone's thing, or oh my gosh, that's never happened to me. These things of like we're all going to be there. Everything. If some, if it's happening to someone, it's probably happening to you. And that's another thing now that you watch out for, for yourself. If something like you listen to other people's tragedies, the worst things that's happened, because likely you will be there at a certain point and people have things to teach you and tell you and share with you. And now like there's that shared experience where it's like you all, there's always something to gain from talking to someone, especially if they're sharing, if they're willing to share with you something really private or intimate or painful. I love that. Stevie, where's yours? Yeah. The fifth house. So yeah, baby. yeah I'm pretty horny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I mean, well, it's also an opposition to my tour, like an exact opposition to my Taurus sun and Venus. So absolutely was an obsessive, oh God, like cringe 20 year old, like outside of people's houses. Like, like I was like a little, a little much. Uh, I think I've grown a bit through lessons, you know, through the hardships. Definitely. I mean, it's a creative place too. I hate when people see me work. I hate, like, I've always been a door locker. I don't want anyone to see me in process. It was horrible for art school because they want to see you along the way and give critiques and give notes. I'm trying to get better at getting help along the way of the process, but I hate like, oh, like I'm just thinking of the extreme Scorpio things. Like, I don't want you to see me fucking draw and I don't like, and I'm going to, have like a lot of like insane screaming fights with like former flings like on the train but I'm grown I'm done things have things have things have progressed but I think I'm yeah I'm, I'm an intense lover I would say I I'm I don't know relationships are very important to me I'm really a romantic I'm super romantic like I love like draw like I do love the drama of of romance and things and other people's romance and dramas too. So like, feel free to like, tell me about like I, people, I feel like I get a lot of texts about, Hey, this thing about this person, can I vent? And I'm like, absolutely. Will you judge them? And I'm sort of like, I will not like, I'm actually okay with hearing, unless they do something absolutely unforgivable, like, like they've beaten you or they've done something like really, then I'll be like, well, okay. Like this is past a certain line of obvious social norms and respect but I don't because I just want to know it's that Taurus Scorpio opposition like yes tell me everything I I won't judge them it's just more info and now I'm like I'll have more maybe I'll have more empathy for that maybe I'll have more a better understanding or I'll know that this is how they kind of think or tackle problems so um that was a lot of like words but I I do I do relate to this all my all the stuff under my horizon line are all the outer planets and I think that they really anchor me down (laughs) in a good in a good way when all my like more social stuff besides Saturn it's like right on the edge of my descendant but everything else is like up above the horizon where everything else is like down and I'm like yeah like this I I think very big even if someone's telling me something very personal and I don't take it too personally or I try not to that's right rant yeah. rant over um but yeah but we're such a scorpio generation i mean come on like how we are talking about it we are in such a different sexual universe than our parents before like there's just there really is so much that has adapted and changed and i know we have some sag pluto babies listening and some libra pluto babies and maybe some i don't know how what the years are on that thing and maybe earlier and beyond but there is something that scoop Scorpio Pluto. That's just very, mm. also, I don't know if you guys have listened to the new Lord album, but she has like this line about like Scorpio Pluto generation, but she is a one degree Sag Pluto. And I think that's hilarious. So anyway, <laughs> that is very one degree. Sag. <laughs> <laughs> what she think was talking about is- it in an interview too. Like, you know, me and my Scorpio Pluto generation. I'm like, she's so close, but, um, but I like what she's, I like what she's, I think she's also a Scorpio. I'm gonna have to, double she is that. a Scorpio. Um, mm. And I think that I think Scorpio and Sag is a much easier 
combination than Scorpio Libra. Not that they're bad, not that it's a bad combination, but I think as far as Pluto is concerned, it is very much more building on the Scorpio Pluto stuff. And then the Sag is like, well, yeah, it's of course it's not a big deal. We've been talking about this forever. Where, where else? What's the next thing that we're going to? Let's really blow this out if that's what we're doing. Like the taboos have been broken or whatever, like have been revealed. So I think that it is more supportive than um, I think the Libra Pluto generation is a little more timid uh, in those things or a little more, um, what's the word? Like polite. That's a, pol- a politer Pluto than <laughs> Scorpio Pluto, which is like, nah, fucking burn this, burn this whole thing down. Yeah. yeah. I love Scorpio. And look, how could you not? Scorpio, yeah. Scorp- Scorpio creates all these conversations. I think very akin to our Gemini. Gemini and Scorpio do get the most shit. Like, we know it. It's duh. Gemini can but, take it. Scorpio usually can't, and that's okay. Oh, <laughs> that's I feel why. like they can. I feel like they, I don't know. They feel things, but I feel like yes. they're pretty good. There's definitely I think a it line. does leave a mark. I think it leaves a little mark on them and but they all can of move that, on, but it's okay. It's just from the growth that they have done. They, they're aware yes. of the past. I think that there's a line. I think that there is, I mean, everyone has a line, but I think Scorpios is pretty far. I, they, they'll, you know, let you teach yeah. them. They'll, you know, mm-hmm. when it's in bad intended, I mean, that nobody likes that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that like scar is a great one too, where it is uh, like, I think that is something that is uh, not hard about Scorpio, but is um, like, I think people get the idea that they can just not abuse, but it's like, oh, well, they don't care. They're so cool. They're so whatever. And so it is when, when we have these like injuries from Scorpio, it is this, uh, I don't want to say like it's their fault or whatever, but it's like a failure on one person's uh, side to see, oh, well, you were like doing something rude or mean or whatever. And they put up, they put up with a lot of it. So their response is like, outsized it's over it's exaggerated but it's also because you were being thoughtless this whole time or whatever you know what I mean not again and not to be like oh it's always someone else's fault or that sort of thing but I think there is this like I I think Scorpio does remind us that like these things take a toll they leave scars they are this thing and and I think that's where it gets that like gothy association because it is like yeah seeing seeing the problems and the darkness and the shadows of people all the time is a lot and that takes it's it it doesn't not affect you in some kind of way and and most Scorpios that Phoenix rising from the ashes makes them more empathetic and understanding and open and, and wise and useful. And that's why they are guides and, and, uh, witches and wise people and all of that. And also it's like, yeah, there's only so much you can take at a certain point too. So it's like, remember that those things hurt. And if you are going to hurt someone too, then remember that like that, it, they, it leaves marks, you know? Yeah. Hell yeah. It's your season, babies. Yeah. Right. Scorpios, rise up. Rise up, baby. You know what I'm getting today in celebration of this episode? Flash of pizza. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. I love love it. Lean into the spooky season. Lean into uh facing our fears dare i say that feels a very scorpio intense uh mm. like thinking of again like horror movies i was oh that's what i was saying i was like i'm i'm very into that right now where it's like I, i'm gonna use this as a vehicle to like let myself be scared so i can remind myself that it's okay to be scared and you can survive having things be scary and and there's always I read a thing in the New York Times where they're like we like horror movies because there's an end it doesn't have to be a happy ending but there is we know that this movie will be over and if you're not a scary movie person don't force yourself to do that you know I'm not yeah exactly I'm (laughs) like you don't need to no one else needs to force themselves to do these things but just I think reminding yourself that it's figure out what that is for you if you're trying to figure out how to kind of embrace Scorpio season. If we don't have Scorpio placements, um, you know, we don't have any empty houses. So you have a Scorpio house and maybe figuring out a way to um, push yourself a little bit or learn a little bit more about lineage there. Learn, learn some um, not so I've been 
I've been watching a ton of like Disney stuff. And I was like, you know what? It's Scorpio season. This is, yeah, there's a time and a place for that. And right now it's the time to like, I don't know, watch, watch some documentaries, watch something a little bit spookier or scarier or like adult, if that makes sense. Like the or suspenseful. Yeah. Even. Yeah. Something, something that requires it's the a drama. Little more, yeah. A little more under the surface. So it's not, it's not so much about that Libra pretty presentational um, aesthetic. It's about the, the, uh, the stuff that we're not seeing. What's, what are the, watch it watch a Disney documentary about the workers and about unfair treatment and these kinds of things where it's like, what are the things that are not seen and celebrated and we're excited about what's not on Disney plus let's see some, you know, whatever, just so we have a fuller robust understanding of the human experience. Let's not deny any parts of it or act like those uh, shadowy, shameful, dirty private parts aren't also worth us taking care of and being kind to. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sweet. We love you, Scorpio. We couldn't do it without you. We Happy wouldn't. Scorpio season. We, we wouldn't. wouldn't. Yeah, that's true. We wouldn't. We need you. Thank you. Thank you for your service. We love you. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to What's Your Sign. Please rate us five stars and subscribe on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you use. If you like what you heard, please support us on Patreon. You can also find us online on Instagram at What's Your Sign Podcast or on Twitter at What's YR Sign underscore pod. You can also like our fan page on Facebook and join our friendship group. Questions, comments, concerns, or to book a commission chart reading, you can email us at What's Your Sign Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. What's your sign, baby? What's your